0: to the right hand, puts her down, he's gonna jump him hard to the ice. Brady Leopold just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Warrior.
1: My dream of being a professional hockey player became a reality, but it was all taken away from me in a very short period of time. For many years, hockey was my outlet. I took a chance and made some major changes. This is my story. 911,
0: where's your emergency? Someone overdosed, what's the address?
1: I overdosed over 10 times. I'm one of the lucky ones. And for that, I will always be grateful. This is for all the men and women we've lost. Matthew Wazinski, Mitch Fadden, this one's for you. My name's Brady Liebold, and I've been to hell and back. This. Is the road to recovery. I'm grateful, oh yeah able I'm oh, yeah. I'm stable, stable, oh, yeah. no oh, yeah. you know are i i Thank you for joining me. If you're watching live, I'm Brady Leibold coming at you guys from Muskoka, Ontario. One very burnt Brady Leibold out there rollerblading in the blistering sun these days. Uh, Thank you, though, for being with me. If you're listening after the fact, thank you so, so much. I'm just so appreciative to all of your guys' support. It's really what keeps me going. Um, Lots going on. We're going to get into the episode right away, uh, but I want to give a special shout out to taylor my girlfriend happy birthday uh we were able to celebrate yesterday uh with the kids on the beach up here in muskoka and uh happy 25th birthday to taylor thank you to everybody for uh the outpours of happy birthdays and um i know it's uh it's a big one 25 halfway to 50 right uh anyways uh also i need to give a shout out um again to b sharp out there in ottawa You know, they've given me so much stuff to get this rollerblade journey started. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm rollerblading across Canada. One year from today, I'll be on the road. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to getting out there. And hopefully we're going to see a lot of you guys out there starting in Newfoundland, finishing off in my hometown of Port Coquille British Columbia. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's uh, going to be a long, long journey. You know, the training and, I mean, man be honest i'm not as young as i once was and even when i was young i really didn't like training to be honest but things have changed i'm a new man i'm really enjoying it i want to say thank you to Shem, sam marzin for coming up today uh spending some time today with me on the blades it was great shout out to true hockey i uh, had a great meeting with them and things look like they're gonna progress with true hockey uh in a fantastic way Uh, Moving forward, stay tuned for the official announcement. That's all I'm going to say, but I'm really looking forward to uh, being decked head to toe in true hockey gear. It's going to be a lot of fun, guys. Uh, One more thing I want to say, though, uh, before I get into the in-memory for tonight's episode is a lot of people hate on Brad Marchand. Okay? First of all, the guy's an incredible hockey player. But if anybody was watching the game last night, he hit a little girl in warm-up with a puck. And he took it upon himself to give her a sign stick. And to me, you know, that was a pretty big deal. Here we are, game one of the playoffs. And you see the human side of Brad Marchand really come out. So all of you that want to hate on Brad Marchand, take a look at what he did last night. Obviously, it was an accident, but he didn't have to do that. He could have just been focused on the game. It's playoffs. But no, he took it upon himself after warm-up to get her a stick. It was a great moment uh, in the hockey community. So I wanted to point that out. Uh, Of course, this episode is really brought to you by Puck Support. We're going to hear from some other sponsors, but you can see the shirt. Mental health over hockey. We got lots of stuff. Thank you to everyone for your support. Uh, These issues, they're there, and they're not going anywhere, not anytime soon. Uh, I wish I could do more, and I'm going to do everything that I can. Um, And there's a group of us that are really coming together to make a difference. So, you know, if you want to get involved, check us out, PuckSupport.com, team at PuckSupport.com. Uh, you know, we need everybody's help and support. If you think that you can't help us, I'm here to tell you you're wrong. Uh, in any small way, everybody can do their part, even if it's just about talking about it, right? It's That's how the conversation starts. You know, we uh, we hear a lot about these stories, right? And I've been highlighting them uh, over the course of the last few podcasts. You can see all the pictures to my left. Maybe your guys' right of all the individuals that we've lost related to mental health or addiction in hockey. And so, you know, for the past 15 episodes, I've been, you know, dedicating one of these episodes to one of those we've lost. And tonight is no difference. Tonight's podcast is in memory of Ben Politis, uh, originally from California. He played in the USHL and went on to the Miami of Ohio NCAA Div- Division One. He won a championship. You can see it there. And uh, just this past January, we lost Ben to a, to a suicide. And, you know, his dad is a, a – him and his dad actually are, you know, the founders of the Missing 411 podcast. It's one of the most successful podcasts in the world. And Ben was really the, the brains behind the camera. He was a producer and just did so much amazing work. And from my understanding and my research, this was an incredible young man that we lost – way too early obviously to mental illness he was only 29 years old so you can see him behind me he'll now go on the wall Uh, he'll never be forgotten here at puck support uh, along with the rest of hockey's angels so tonight's episodes in memory of ben politis i'm thinking about the politis family um yeah it's uh just more reason for all of us to get together to make a change here guys uh, before we get into the episode, I'm going to get to one sponsor and we'll get right to my guest who's uh, going to be a little mysterious tonight. It should be interesting, uh, but I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So we'll hear from Regan Bartell and Team Issued and we'll see you guys in a few minutes. Hi there, it's Regan Bartell, the
0: play-by-play voice of the Kelowna Rockets, Brady Leopold's biggest fan. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being a part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. Teamissued.ca. Promo code toadrag 15 for
1: 15% off. Awesome. Thank you to uh, Regan Bartell, Jesse Paradise at Team Issued Limited. Uh, been with me essentially since day one. Make sure you check out Team issued limited on social media on their website promo code toe drag 15 it was my only move if you guys have seen this show you know how it goes see in a roughly five minutes uh with my old coach rick lands i've had so much fun doing these podcasts I've met a lot of new people, I've met a lot of hockey legends, current hockey players that I would have never had the chance at meeting. But tonight, I get to interview a hockey legend that I know quite well. But unfortunately, the last time that we saw each other, I was really not in a good way. I was only 18 years old, and he was trying to do everything to help me, but I just wasn't ready to be helped. Rick Lands was born September 16th, 1961. In fact, he shares the same birthday as my son Brody. He was born in what was then called Czechoslovakia, but his family defected to Ontario, Canada back in 1968. Rick Lands grew up in London, Ontario as a hockey star and put up amazing numbers in junior hockey, where he was a star for the Oshawa Generals. He also represented Canada at the 1979-80 Canada Under-20 World Junior Championships, which led him to being drafted 7th overall in the 1980 NHL entry draft by my hometown, Vancouver Canucks. Rick would make the jump to the big club, making the Canucks as a 19-year-old. And by 1983, he was representing Canada at the World Championships. Lands played seven seasons for the Vancouver Canucks, putting up a very respectable 57 points one year and a 53 the other in his two best seasons. From the Vancouver Canucks, Lands was traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs where he spent three seasons before winding down his career overseas and in the minors. At the end of his career, Lanz had suited up for 569 games in the NHL, recording 65 goals and 221 assists For 286 points almost immediately after retiring lands broke into coaching from 1994 to 2007 rick lands was either an assistant coach a head coach or head coach and gm of one of several junior teams throughout the bc hockey league and the western hockey league and this is where i crossed paths with rick A lot of my listeners may know that I walked away from the Swift Current Broncos during my 18-year-old season, and I went home, and I suited up with the Burnaby Express. At this time in my life, I was extremely mentally ill, and drugs had started to take over my life. I was trying to self-medicate, but I was still trying to continue to play hockey. I found instant success with the Express, recording nine points in my first three games, playing alongside then-16-year-old phenom Kyle Turris. After that early success with the Express, things started to get derailed. I've talked about it quite often, but I started to miss practices and even games due to my partying habits. Rick and the staff of the Express alongside the captains and assistants were really the first individuals to do any kind of intervention on me. And they even forced me to get counseling and get drug tested. I managed to turn it around for a short while But after an injury in the dressing room to my Achilles tendon, which I look to as the hockey god saying, no, Brady, it's not going to be easy. Well, it sidelined me for what would have been the duration of the season as the Burnaby Express went on to not only win the BC Hockey League, but the Canadian National Championship, the RBC Cup. I specifically remember watching it on TV while I was a delivery driver at Boston Pizza. It was a really hard game to watch knowing that My foot had healed and the Express wanted me to come to the rink every single day and remain a part of the team, hoping that I'd be ready for playoffs. But instead of following my dreams as a hockey player, I fell further into addiction. We may get into that a little bit more. But following his time with the Express, Rick Lands moved on to the NHL, becoming a scout with the Colorado Avalanche from 2007 to 2016 before he returned to the Surrey Eagles as a coach, spending one year before taking his coaching talents to the Delta Hockey Academy, where he is now. It's here that he works alongside his brother-in-law, former pro hockey player, Western Hockey League coach Mark Hollick. It's going to be a very interesting conversation with Rick today. I want to talk a little bit about his career, obviously, and some of the struggles he may have had, whatever he wants to share. I'm really eager to listen to it. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about our time together and what that was like. But really, I'm just excited to connect with such an amazing man, a guy that really tried to help me in the early stages. I had a chance to thank Rick the other day when I talked to him on the phone. It was a long time coming. You know, I think there's a lot of people in my life Certainly that look back and wish they could have done more or feel like they may have even failed me, but I never looked at it that way, not even close. I always knew it was up to me if I ever wanted to receive the help or get the help that I needed. But I'm on the other side of it now, and I'm so thankful to be able to connect with guys like Rick Lands and Darcy Rhoda once again. So let's do it. Very excited to welcome my former coach, a great coach, an even better person, my friend Rick lands. It's been a long.
0: Rick,
2: long time what's going on, Coach? Hey Brady. Hey, it's uh, it's just fantastic listening to you talk. Um, <laughs> you're you're a real articulate, good speaker, and that's one of the hidden talents that we didn't know way back <laughs> then.
1: Well, I but, think uh, I. I think I used it in a in a different way there, Rick. Uh, On the other team, maybe too much. I focused more on chirping than I did on playing. But uh, I I really appreciate you being here. And um, you know, I know I know we talked before, and I was like, yeah, you could sit. It was you'll remain mysterious. Most, I'll be honest. Most people will you know listen to this the audio anyways. So people that are watching. Uh, are getting get the same version as the audio pretty much uh, for people listening rick's kind of sitting in the dark but this is not about uh, any visuals this is strictly about a conversation uh, one that i've been looking forward to having and uh, just before we get started want to say thank you to your wonderful wife Hannah, for, you know, helping coordinate this uh, and, you know, just essentially being there for me, too. And you guys have supported puck support, too. So I just, you know, can't thank you guys enough and and your daughters as well. So uh, thank you to Hannah before we get started. Um, Let's talk before we, you know, get into the NHL side of it. I would love to hear about, you know, your migration. I mean, you were young. I don't know how much you remember, but you're born in what was then called Czechoslovakia now recognized as Czech Republic or Slovakia. Um, But you guys came essentially when you're six or seven years old, uh, to Ontario, uh, have you, pl- you know, played hockey, uh, before coming to Canada and, and how did that f- come about? Because it seems like you found like an instant talent there. I'd love to hear a little, just a little bit more about that because that's not a story that I'm familiar with. Well,
2: uh, yeah, Brady, I never, I never really played hockey prior to coming to Canada. I, I know, um, it was, uh, kind of, uh, a, a real, Human interest story. If you really look at it, I, uh, my folks had just bought uh, a brand new Skoda, which is a, a car that was manufactured in the in the Czech Republic, and it, we were going on a big holiday to Bulgaria. And uh, you know, we were we were on our way there and um, spent some time, and then we were traveling on the way back. And uh, uh, I think the the money had run out, so we had to s- uh, sleep in our car. We, you know, we weren't able to get a place to stay a proper place to stay. And we had a a Czech sticker on our car, which some individual uh, in the early morning hours had recognized and and tapped on our window and asked us if we if we were if we if we knew that the the Russians uh, overnight, literally had uh, rolled their tanks into into Prague. And um of course this was a this was a big surprise to you know to uh my brother and me uh, but certainly i think uh my parents were really taken back and, and they were in a situation where they need to made, uh, make some decisions as to what they were going to do either bring us back into some something uh of a turmoil in the home country or or make the decision as they did you know to sell the car and, uh, and, uh, you know, get on a plane and fly to, to Canada. And, you know, so we were more or less as a family starting all over again. And, and, uh, I, I'm just so grateful and, and certainly in awe of, of my parents to be able to make that kind of a decision, um, you know, on behalf of their family, because it's, it, it was not easy, um, at all. And I, and I, and I know that, uh, uh it's funny you mentioned my wife earlier. Uh, her family actually uh, had the similar kind of uh, uh, experience. Uh, wow. Hannah actually happens to be from, you know, from uh, uh, the similar town. And, and uh, I think both of us were born in the same same hospital. And this is without knowing each other at, at this point. So wow. um, it's quite a story. And, and, and I know that once we got to... to to London, Ontario is where we, we ended up. Uh, you know, we kind of got on our feet. We had uh, manpower. Uh, the government, you know, give us a, a place to stay and some furniture. And then it was off to school and, and learn how to speak the language. And, um, uh, yeah, it was a, a fresh start, uh, to say the least.
1: Well, let me ask you, you know, about... That's first off. That's an incredible story. Even before you threw the the story about Hannah in there, I'm sitting here going, "Wow, you know, that's amazing." And then that just that just the icing on the cake. It's not really unbelievable. It's it's incredible. But I'm I'm curious about when you move to Canada and you have to, you know, obviously you're young, uh, you have to learn a new language. Did hockey play a part in kind of you know, helping you fit in? Is it something that you maybe saw the kids do and, and you kind of just were good at it? And uh, because I'm wondering how much you remember, like, was it was it difficult having to make that transition, not speaking the language, kind of being looked at differently, trying to fit in? And, and how much maybe did hockey play a part in kind of you finding and carving out that identity at an early age?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I, I, uh, when we were in public school, um you know, ages eight, nine, whatever. I, we had we had a tough time fitting in because we were the kids that you know the before the the, the day actually got going, uh, we were always excused from the classroom by another a specialty t- t- teacher that would you know take us in a, a different room and we would we would do a different curriculum other than what was the norm, uh, and that was obviously to learn how to speak the language and and so on and so forth. So. Um, you know we weren't we weren't the average students that's for sure and, and I some some of the ones uh, that uh, saw us in that light that's for sure I, but at the same time you know we uh, uh, as younger individuals um, uh, my brother and I were that age where you know it's it, it's easier to kind of pick up the language and, and, and uh, uh, assimilate yourself into into a new, you know, new situation. As for my parents, it was a lot uh, uh, more difficult in the fact that they had strong accents and, uh, you know, they they never did quite get on that, that smooth uh, uh, English-speaking uh, kind of uh, uh, plateau. So, uh, but as far as the hockey was concerned, I, I never played before I got uh, to Canada. Uh, my, my father, you know, was involved with... Uh, with athletics back in, in 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 the Czech Republic, and uh, um, he enjoyed hockey, watching you know those great teams, uh, the World uh, Championship teams from you know the Czech Republic, uh, always playing against the Russians and so on and so forth. So once we were in London, um, he, uh, the the local edition of the uh, uh, the Junior A franchise was the London Knights, obviously, and and uh, he made it a point of. You know taking taking me to, to my first game and I, I remember sitting there watching and I thought it was just a just a great game um it, it really made a impression on me and and uh, so much as to say you know to ask my dad you know for a brand new pair of skates and uh you know a stick and let me at it but unfortunately I don't think our my dad's income at the time was uh, you know, uh readily a- enough to, to support that those wants um so we kind of worked at it we got some stuff together all, uh in the beginning and then um, uh i just I, I just loved the game i, I just loved it but it, it took a while i i guess uh, for me to get going I, I spent two years in house league hockey and uh uh once it was almost a, over a period of A summer where I I just began to kind of fill in uh, uh, physically and uh, then the game kind of took off for me and you know it it, it, I I end up um, after my second year of minor hockey uh, so if I started at age 10 um, you know I was like you mentioned I was playing in the National Hockey League nine years later so things kind of took off and and uh, developed quite rapidly uh, making stops in Oshawa as a junior a player and uh, um, and uh, on the way you know we uh, I just um, you know d- the game itself kind of overtook my my uh, uh, my being I guess I just wanted to, to learn every part of it and and just be part of it and and I think that uh, you know given the, the opportunity to play you know, uh, amongst kids that were my age, and and uh, in that in the wonderful country that we are in, uh, it, it just all helped uh, bring it all together.
1: The way that you uh, phrase that, you know, when you when you put into that perspective, you know, starting at ten and nine years later, you're in the National Hockey League. Um, that that's that's amazing, first off. But I hope that anybody watching or listening can can understand that even in today's NHL. Um, it's a very possible thing. And I think the important thing that I heard there is the fact that you loved the game, right? That desire to get better um, and, and just that, that passion, that drive. Um, and it obviously pushed you. Uh, but even like, I'm just curious before we get into the NHL stuff is that, you know, when you, cause you, you broke into junior at 16 years old. Like at, at what point in time were you like, Hey, maybe I can play, you know, top level junior. Maybe I, maybe I am good enough. Like when did that time in your life, you know, come to fruition and, and was like, did you start to believe in yourself at a certain time that, Hey, you know what? I am pretty good at this game.
2: Well, uh, you know, Brady, I, I played a year of junior B, um, with the uh, Burlington uh, Cougars uh, the, uh, at the time. Uh, they, they were the uh, Burlington Mohawks and they, they turned uh, and, and changed the name of the franchise. And, and I remember playing with a, a, a as a 15 year old on uh, my first year of junior B. And it was uh, with the likes of uh, a fellow by the name of Bob Goodish. And he was, he was the, the best player on our team as a defenseman. And, and I remember you know, playing uh, you know alongside of him, and and uh, and I think you know just watching him and his mannerisms and the way he conducted himself as a player, uh, you know, it it really you know kind of helped me kind of learn the game. Um, Bob went on to play, I think, uh, you know, some some games in the uh, uh, the OHL for the London Knights actually, and and. Uh, yeah. You know, he was just—he was a great inspiration uh, to be able to play with him. Um, and after that, it was—I uh, remember Frank Jay, who was the one of the scouts for the uh, uh, recently for the Ottawa Senators, um, and who I've kept in touch with all these years. Uh, he, you know, he's the one that kind of put me on the map. They—they uh, they, uh, chose me in the—I think—in the third round of the. Um, of you know, the banham draft and and um, uh in oshawa and and uh, gave me that opportunity to, to more or less get involved and and i remember my first training camp um, and it, you know at 16 years old like you you know you're just like a, a deer in headlights i mean i i watched a session prior to my own and i my, my dad was standing with me and and i remember i just watched it for about 10 minutes. And then I, I turned to my dad and I said, dad, I can't do this. These guys have beards. <laughs> so it was quite a frightening kind of uh, uh, scenario thinking that I have to play against these, you know, these, uh, uh, uh these men more or less in my eyes. Um, and, and so it was a challenge and, you know, it, the whole thing is just being on your own, uh, billeting with a family at, uh, at an early age, and then, you know, trying to deal with that, uh, being away from home, from, from parents, uh, your friends, and then having to, to to compete at a level where you're, you know, you're, you're, uh, you, you know, you find yourself competing against people that are three, you know, three years older or four years older in some cases. So, it was challenging and, um, you know, it, it wasn't easy. It was, it was difficult. And I, I know, uh, my first few years in, in Oshawa, I, I, I struggled, uh, emotionally. And, um, I remember, you know, I was constantly on the phone with my dad, uh, my parents. Um, and I know it was tough on them financially to begin with, but now they had to, to put up with, uh, you know, with a a mortgage like uh, phone bill, um, you know, because of me, and uh, that's that's how difficult it was. Um, that I, I I just that was my only connection with with my family, and perhaps maybe something has to do with the fact that you know we came over as a family, uh, we were tight knit unit um, on our own in a different country um you know we we kind of relied on each other heavily and, and so now that was apart and and you know it was it was difficult to kind of um i guess uh uh lose that connection and then try and deal with the stuff on your own as a young kid and uh but i i know i went through some uh depression like symptoms for for a couple of years playing junior hockey and and beyond um perhaps sensitivity uh, was played a, a role I uh, you know I, I had difficulty kind of um, I guess the the physical part that the game that that was fine I, I found myself I found myself that you know I really felt like um, you know I was in a good place when I was on the ice and, and doing all that stuff but away from it just you know just that loneliness and and, and that inability to to feel like um, uh, you know that 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 family was around it wasn't uh, it wasn't the same and i really struggle with that
1: well thank you for sharing that first off um because you know, this is something i've talked about quite often um but i but really i don't think it's highlighted a- enough and um you know i think there's I know we'll get into it now because I know that you're uh, essentially you're coaching these kids that want to get to that next level. And and what does that look like for, for parents, um, for players to, you know, set them up. And I think we're living in a, a much easier time now with social media and, you know, FaceTiming and all of that. But at the same time, nothing can replace that real life connection with your family, especially when you're living far away. Um, and, you know, any, you know, something goes Wrong, and you just need that support and it's not there. I know I certainly went through it. As you know full well, I quit the Swift Current Broncos and came to play for you, and we'll get to that. But I appreciate you sharing that with me. Um, and and much like yourself, the hockey, I was very inconsistent, I think, because of my mental illness, but that was always where I felt the best. That was the only place that I didn't, you know, really think about all this other crap in my life. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, parents, uh, sometimes I think – especially nowadays from my observations anyways it um, seems like they're they don't not I shouldn't say all but some don't stop to think about what that really looks like for a, for a young young boy i'll say boy to, to move away from home and some are better equipped with it than others and i'm not sure if there's anything better we can do to do that we can get to that later but um you know thank you for opening up about that and you mentioned you know even you know later on in your career as well you you kind of had a similar maybe mental health uh, what would now be called mental health struggles or whatever we can talk about that as much or as little as you'd like but now you're drafted seventh overall to the vancouver canucks um you know you're in your draft year, you're this what would look like the seventh best player um, in the draft. Uh, that must have been pretty amazing. And then you go right from that, and you're all of a sudden, boom, in the NHL at 19. How was that transition? Because you're telling me that here you were as a kid struggling. Maybe you're making a little bit more money now, and maybe you can pay that help pay that phone bill. But now you're even further away, and you're just a year older. Well,
2: it, it's 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 kind of funny. I, I I remember, you know, as as my junior A uh, career kind of um, uh, evolved, and towards the end, um, you know, I was uh, was feeling pretty comfortable as a player, uh, and and certainly I, I found ways, I guess, to try and deal with the way I was feeling off the ice, um, to the point where you know it 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 started to you know just uh, be something that uh, i was able to cope with uh not necessarily completely uh be done with um but just to be able to cope and and, and that was largely due due to uh you know having the ability in the off seasons to come home and and, and spend some time you know with the people that that you know that i cared about and and, and meant a lot to me and and um that seemed to be a good relief to all of that um and so i i guess uh in the end to 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 be considered uh, even to play pro hockey i mean it it was it was a weird feeling um after all of that um and and again in a short space of time it was it was difficult to to almost uh you know find um you know the, the ability to consume that um, you know psychologically i, I it just Kind of came uh, and okay, um, and so this is what I, I have to do next. But it, it, it never really hit me, um, you know, until uh, after the draft when when um, uh, I had flown to Vancouver to meet with uh, Harry Neal, mm-hmm. um, you know, the coach of, of the Canucks at that point, and, and and my first time ever out in Vancouver. Um, you know, I, I had a, a chance to spend a few days. Uh, you know, Harry. Um, you know who I, who I still think is uh, one of my most favorite coaches. Um, you know, he had a very dry sense of humor, but he, he was a guy that really, you know, he really cared about uh, people. And and I remember spending that time with him. I thought, you know, this is this is great. Um, and then uh, w- when I finally flew back from that trip, uh, I remember coming home and I just thought. You know, I, I, there's still a portion of the summer to, to go and for me to help prepare for the season. I, I, I just uh, – it, it just kind of was an overwhelming feeling. And, now, you know, and, uh, <laughs> there was a lot of uh, uh, emotion and um, uh, just trying to think of how I was going to be able to, you know, to, to to do the best I could possibly do to in order to fit in. And, and again, all those unknowns – that are the most scariest things. Um, And uh, I I saw myself going through that process again at the NHL level that I did with the the junior A level. Uh, You know, being 19, the first guy I met was uh, Harold Filipov. And he was a a very big guy. Uh, I remember going down to the dressing room, and and, uh, he just came out of uh, the workout room. And this guy looked like Adonis, right? and uh, you know, he introduced himself, and and you know, I, I I think I could have fit both of my hands into his hand. Uh just a big guy, and and so you know, mentally, I just thought, okay, so these are the guys I gotta, you know, I gotta play against. Um, or in that case, I was lucky because I had to, I could play with with him. But <laughs> those are the kinds of thoughts that went through my head. I you know, on, on how am I going to do this. Um, and so at a young age, uh, being asked to, you know, to prepare yourself, um, you know, to, to take on, um, you know, the rigors of the National Hockey League. Uh, and, and I wasn't even at that point where I understood that being in Vancouver, we had one of the worst travel schedules of any teams in the, in the National Hockey League. Uh, I remember being on those commercial flights that we get, get on, um, you know, out of Vancouver international and, you know, being uh, kind of in a, in a, a group together uh, in a part of the airplane. And I remember talking with people, Hey, are you guys a team? Blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and it wasn't what it is today where, where, you know, these flights are all prearranged they're, they're their own private airplanes. And, and uh, you know, so we had, you know, we had to deal with that. Uh, and, and as a young guy, um, I, I slept my way through most of the airports uh, and I was given the name Rip Van Winkle, uh, (laughs) by, by, by Tiger Williams, (laughs) whoever, every time he's, I, you know, he seemed to find me sleeping at the airport. So it was, uh, it was inevitable, I guess. Um, but you know, as the season kind of got rolling, it was, uh, yeah, it was just one thing after another that you had to learn as a young guy to be able to compete and, and, and you know, find your way.
1: Yeah, and I, I get you did, right? And and obviously you did because you had some incredible seasons with the Canucks. You spent, you know, parts of seven seasons there before moving on to the Maple Leafs. And, you know, you had a couple of – almost set uh, franchise records at the time for points by a defenseman. Uh, mm-hmm. But – but even at, let's let's you know even during those seasons let's take it to your best season ever um what was your headspace like then um were you still having you know uh struggles mentally away from from the ice still trying to you know find you know your way um or when if did that happen again was it a trade to toronto how was that like when what was your overall experience like with your mental health while your playing days were on and if you don't want to talk about it that's cool too rick
2: no, 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 not at all. I, I just, uh, I remember my, my very first game, Brady, um, it, it was a dream come true. I, I remember play, we, we were playing the Detroit Red Wings, and um, one of my countrymen, uh, Václav um who the, the D- Detroit Red Wings had acquired, you know, through uh, international channels, uh, he ended up with with the uh, Detroit Red Wings, and I, I remember, oh, no. <laughs> I remember skating up to him before the the opening faceoff. I just found a moment where everybody was kind of just uh, you know doing their own thing, and I, I just said, "Good evening, uh, Mr. Nedimansky. uh You know how are you?" And I said it in check, <laughs> so he kind of looked up and looked at me, and he said. Good, good. I'm doing good. So he couldn't figure out where that came from or who I was. But um, you know, for me, that was that was a a great thrill and a a, a great honor to be able to do that because he was one of my dad's favorite guys. Okay, Um, and he had an extremely um, uh, you know um, high end career there. Uh, So he was just finishing up his career with with the Red Wings and what have you, but. Uh, what a, what a great thrill that was! So anyway, as as the game got underway, um, we were I think we were uh, uh, tied uh, late stages of the game, and and uh, I jumped up in the play, and Stan Smeal saw me coming, hit me with a pass going to the net, and and I scored the winning goal against Gilles Gilbert, uh, top okay. corner, you know. Oh, uh, got tripped after I, I scored, fell into the boards, and everybody came running out after. It was, it was the, is the best thing, and and somehow they thought I, I played good enough to, to earn a first star rating. So it was, it was the best first game anyone could ever experience.
1: <laughs> so I, I figured, hey, <laughs> that deserved the horn, but I want to hear the rest of the story. <laughs> That's incredible, man. <laughs> well,
2: you, you know what? So I was off to a pretty good start, and I, I, that lasted, you know, uh, for for a good span of time. I, I was I was, uh, you know, doing well on the power play. I, I remember, um, uh, you know, working with with the coaches, trying to figure out, you know, how I could do things better. You know, I was really into it uh, emotionally. It was all about the game for me at that point, and 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 I I, I really love the the you know the the ambiance of of a Pacific Coliseum with all those people, you know, and, and the way they reacted when you did something good. I mean, it, there isn't a better feeling, um, you know. So, it, it uh, but you know, it's funny because what happens is, you know, you're you're the new guy. Nobody really knows what you're like, um, and all of a sudden you start doing these things. They start to pay a little bit more attention to you, and uh, they say that you know the the older players they took a little bit more time to get their feet under them um, every season. You know, so by the time that happened, um, well, uh, I remember Bernie Federico <laughs> uh, schooled me at my own blue line, put the pucks through puck through my legs, went around me, and deposited into a uh, uh, in you know behind Glenn Hanlon. And uh, I'll tell you, I wasn't hearing any cheers at that point. <laughs> so that was that was kind of like, okay, this is what it's all about, kid. It's not all about you know a bed of roses. Okay. These are the kinds of thorns that'll be going to be thrown at you, and you have to learn how to deal with it, right? And you know, so so things kind of evolved from there. I I, I kind of got uh, you know a little bit of. Uh, a little bit of that to, to put me in my place and, and, uh, you know, kind of try to learn the game. And, um, you know, from there it was, it was, it was just, uh, it was, it was a grind, um, but it was a good grind, right? Everybody, you know, I liked my teammates. Uh, uh, unfortunately I suffered some injuries, you know, throughout my career and it just didn't allow me to get any consistency, but, but I know that, um, you know if I could have those years back I would do it all over again it was it was a great feeling <clears throat>
1: No kidding, and uh, I'll just second what you said there. With the, uh, there's something special about that Pacific Coliseum, and I never played there as an NHL player, but I grew up, you know, watching the Canucks there before they moved on to Rogers Arena or GM Place, what it was called originally. But you know, watching Powell Bure, there's just something cool about that rink. Playing, I got to play there against the Vancouver Giants a number of times. It was obviously my favorite rink to play, and there was just something different for me, anyways, uh, about that rink. Very cool, but make. Thank you for sharing those stories. It's uh, too cool. And I just, I will get to one comment. Um, there's a bunch, but Sandra, who's uh, part of Puck here says, even though my beloved red wings lost, I love this story. Thank you for sharing. So um, <laughs> she lives in Michigan. So she's, uh, she's watching and a uh, huge red wings fan, but very cool. And um, that's just it though. Right. You have that, uh, that, an unbelievable night and then uh you know then you get uh, a little taste of it back the other way that's just the way hockey goes and i was gonna save this for later but it just you know it brings me it brings back a memory so i thought i'd share it now otherwise i'll forget with my memory um but i remember we had a dinner uh we were in victoria we were on a road trip with the express and we had dinner i believe it was at uh, paul crowder's house his mm-hmm. mom and dad put on a dinner and we he ended up digging out an old uh, Rock'em Sock'em or something tape, and there's a video of Mario Lemieux, uh, you and him. Remember that one? <laughs> one-on-one? Oh, yeah. We were, all, we were all giving it to you. Like, uh, but, uh, I mean, come on, Mario Lemieux, uh, you know, he beat you but went around and scored. But, I mean, just the fact that, you know, you can say that that happened and how many times you played against someone like that, I just thought it would, just something that I'll never, ever forget, that memory. It stuck with me my whole life. I don't know why, but just very cool. I'm sure you remember that probably better than I do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, hey, listen, it's like it happened yesterday. It, you know, I think it was – I was in Toronto playing with uh, Borea yeah. Salming. Yeah. Borea Salming, like that, that was my guy. Like I, That's the guy I grew up uh, idolizing. And then I get to play with him, right? So it was just a, another dream come true. But that dream turned quickly into a nightmare because at the hands of Mr. Lemieux, uh, he went around both of us literally. Uh, I was probably – most at fault but anyway he deposited in the in the net behind Kenny Reggett, and it made the it made the uh, the highlight reel over and over and over again. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you that's for sure. It was uh it, I think it was in the greatest goals of all hundred greatest goals of all <laughs> okay, time. Okay, Brady. To be honest, <laughs> hey, and, and now that you say it though, Rick, I, honestly I remember it wasn't just you. I think he actually beat like the whole team and you and uh Saul, we were just the last ones there, but I mean what a great talent he was. But yeah, that was when you were in Toronto. Um you got traded did you you got traded to Toronto, right? From Vancouver? Yes. Yeah, I did. What was that experience like for you? Well, uh,
2: you know, I have to go back to, uh, I mentioned some injuries, and um, we had gone through some coaching changes as well. I, uh, along with Harry Neal, uh, Roger Nielsen was by far uh, one of my most favorite coaches. Um, and, and, and I owe a lot to him because he was one of these guys that, that you know, someone that had the emotional makeup of me, um, you know, uh, he helped. And, you know, I, I was very uh, – I, I really appreciated his, you know, his um, uh, outlook towards the game, uh, game in and game out. You know, he he was he was dedicated to the game. He used to spend a lot of time at the rink, him and his dog. You know, they, they literally lived at the Pacific Coliseum. And I know, you know, Roger is known, you know, for so many great things over his career. Um you know that uh, that he was a real kind of a, a founding father of of, of um, uh, video, first of all, and and and, and uh, tactical hockey. Um, so I was extremely extremely uh, uh, happy to be be able to you know be part of that and and him and um, so anyway we, we we you know we went through uh, I think the next coach was Tom Watt. Um, and, uh, what happened was, is uh, I was, uh, we were playing in Philadelphia. It was uh, one of these road trips. And I remember coming around the back of the uh, net with the puck and just didn't get my head up soon enough. And I, uh, took a, a, a real bad elbow from, uh, Derek Smith and I, you know, I, I lost consciousness. I was on the ice. I woke up and, and, um. Uh, and my mouth just wasn't coming together properly. <laughs> the teeth just weren't lining up, so I knew something was wrong. Um, and you know, obviously, I'd broken my jaw, and uh, so they flew me home after that. And and uh, I remember, you know, getting fitted with the the braces, like they 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 put them on on uh, your teeth so they could they could wire them shut. Um, and so I, I, I was basically on a liquid diet for, for a long time. And, and usually, you know, when you have broken bones, it's, it's six weeks or more, you know, to get completely healthy. And I, I really tried to get back soon. Uh, I know that, you know, for whatever reasons, I, I just felt, uh, you know, sitting around, um, I can move my arms and legs, right? But, it, you know, uh, but realistically, uh, it, was, it was quite difficult to to maintain strength and everything else but i tried to get back uh i started playing um with the you know with the my mouth wired uh during the games and i remember it was a, such a difficult road trip like we we went uh, on a five or six gamer uh ending up in uh, calgary uh where the air you know, as we know, it's, it's quite thin and it was difficult to play, you know, if you could breathe normally, let alone with your mouth wired. And, um, I remember just really, uh, having a tough time. I mean, I, you know, uh, I, I just couldn't take in a full breath and, and, and that whole road trip was, you know, it was real tough. And, and I remember when we got back to, to Vancouver, I remember I was called to the office, uh, at one point, and and uh, you know, we were they were kind of discussing. Um, I know Tom and and, and uh, our general manager. They were discussing about you know how 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 my game was, and uh, and and not you know not really uh, saying, well, maybe you should take some more time off. It, it was more like you have got to be better, and I just couldn't understand, you know um you know the the kind of rationale behind that and i was just that really took me back i you know i just felt kind of um at a point where i really didn't want uh you know at that point to 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 you know to be part of that and so i took it upon myself and i remember i i, I felt like i wanted to quit the game yeah. um so I just stayed at home and, and my wife and I, you know, we we were kind of sitting there and, you know, we talked to our player agent, um, you know, who who tried to kind of coach me through the whole thing as to, you know, uh, you know, he was trying to uh, a, a mediary between the, the team and myself. Um, uh, but literally I it just took all the the spirit away uh, out of me you know at that time you know as far as the team was concerned and I, I I was ready to hang it hang it up at that time and somehow you know over a space of two weeks or whatever um, you talk about going through a, a mental uh you know roller coaster that was it and it, it was it was tough uh, I you know, I, I really uh, almost had to kind of force myself to kind of get into that mindset that I was going to come back and, and, and try this again, um, you know, over a short space of time uh, with all this turmoil going on in the papers about, you know, you know, where's lands, what's what's going on, all the papers, you know, we're talking about it. And I remember even one of the, the reporters showed up at my, you know, at the apartment that I was living in and, and uh, you know, he's trying to get, some sort of a, a story or a quote, and I wasn't in that frame of mind to be able to share that stuff at that point. You know, this was kind of a, a real uh, situation that was just within my 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 own immediate circle, which was my my wife and myself. And uh, you know, it was it's tough to tough to kind of share. And and I know that after some time, like finally, um, you know, there the, was a deal made. Um, for me to play in in Toronto and it was it was ironic because that's where I kind of grew up you know I I came from Toronto and it was a bit of a homecoming for me and and um, so when we found out that we were going there it was uh, you know it was kind of a uh, it was almost like something that I needed you know something to get excited about and and uh, going back to that uh, the place that I knew and and uh, playing in Maple Leaf Gardens which was a shrine you know of hockey in that area and uh, we all know what the fans are like in Toronto they they, uh, they bleed the game and and I know uh, you know I, I got together with a great group of guys in Toronto at the time They had Wendell Clark they had uh, Russ Cardinal, they had uh, Boreas Salming um rick vive uh you know who started out in vancouver i mean there are some good young players on that team uh gary lehman you know uh todd gill um just to name a few and so when i got there they you know they they uh you know they just embraced uh me coming there uh and just for uh just just sort of throw this in the guy that i got traded for was uh is now the the gm of the vancouver canucks
1: <laughs> so Imagine uh, that.
2: J- jimmy benning went the other way and and yeah. uh i ended up you know uh, he ended up here and i ended up there so that's a little footnote but uh when i whenever i see jimmy at the airports or run into him we always have a good laugh about that one but um but anyway I settled in you know quickly in, in Toronto and I, and I I just it was a, a bit of a rebirth you know i I, I started to enjoy the game I, I really had you know a lot of uh, a lot of good friends on the team and and um, um you know uh, it's exactly what the doctor ordered for me at that time
1: well yeah and I think sometimes it can it can be important to get that refresher and I and sorry you had to go through that that's you know that's uh that wouldn't be easy for anybody to deal with when, you know, you can't even open your mouth and you're being questioned about your play. It's just uh, sometimes there's that dark side to hockey. Um, and though it was many years ago, um, I believe in some capacity that that still will still exist today and likely always will, because it's all about seems in some cases it's about getting the, getting back on the ice. And um, yeah, it's just, it's tough. There's that pressure and, uh, I was glad I'm glad that you were able to find you know kind of that happiness again throughout playing over in Toronto um tell me a little bit about more about your time in Toronto when it was winding down and uh, and what your transition out of hockey was like um I know you got into coaching right away like almost instantaneously but was there uh, was it was it hard for you um, to actually be done with the fact that you weren't playing anymore and now being a coach or how was that transition for you well,
2: Brady, it's it's an interesting kind of uh, uh, situation where you know you you're leaving something that you've you've done for a long time. Um, so that in itself is is difficult to, to kind of process. Um, but at the same time, you know, your body's telling you, and, and and I like I said, I was unfortunate to have a number of injuries um, that really set my career back. I, I had a spinal fusion. Uh, in the end, um, I, you know, I had reconstruction of, the, of my left knee, I, I, you know, broken jaw. All these things kind of, they add up over the years. And, and uh, you know, so you, you feel like you've paid a bit of a price that way. And, and uh, um, so that all is kind of now you don't have to, you know, face those those physical demons anymore. You, you know, your, your life is less uh, kind of regimented. Um, you know that every day grind of practice travel uh you know be at the, the the height of your game every night um you know that that was uh, that was a challenge uh definitely but you know in the end you have to kind of weigh that and and kind of figure out what to, uh what what to do next and so for me it was I, I wouldn't say it was it was really drastic you know that 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 change Uh, for me to leave the game uh, towards the end playing with Toronto. I, I think I had a, probably a couple of, maybe a couple of good years left uh, in me at the time. Um, You know, so it was a bit of a surprise, I think, uh, because I, I don't know, uh, you know, at the time, um, Toronto basically uh, they were trying to get younger and I wasn't, you know, part of that group, um, you know, so the, I don't, I don't think that they were looking forward to, you know, to to uh, uh, extending my my contract with them. So at that point, it was it was a couple of things, right? The the physical part of it, uh, and uh, or the injury part of it, and then that comes along as well. So you know, the writing's starting to be on the wall, or is on the wall that that perhaps you know you have to kind of uh, think about other things. But again, uh, during the the summer, I wasn't re- ready to. You know to leave the game i i i ended up uh playing one year in uh, switzerland in ambry piota which is the which was the swiss uh a league uh and you know a lot of great things happened over there for for me i my wife and i went over and um uh we left with, we left with a young young child uh, on the way back, you know. So, we we had uh, Alex, uh, our oldest, um, you know, in in Switzerland, and um, uh, you know, and then and then you th- you throw in the hockey as well. I, I met a lot of great people, uh, you know. That there were some uh, uh, guys that were that had swiss passports and we're able to uh, you know play for for the swiss team but we're from Kelowna, we're from uh, uh, victoria you know so we we had these these groups of canadians that that got together there um in the swiss alps you know sit around and 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 eat uh, uh <laughs> what, what do they call that raclette or whatever we had you know the the um uh, the, the Swiss uh, delicacy uh, over and over again. And it was, it was, it was fantastic from that point. And it was difficult uh, because of the surroundings that you're in, um, you know, to, to almost concentrate on hockey. I mean, it, it was <laughs> such a beautiful place. Um, um, but on the other end of it, you know, I, I got, I got hurt there too. I, I took a slap shot off the foot, had a broken bone in my, my foot and therefore missed uh, a, 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 quite a large, uh segment of that season too. And the, the one thing that goes with going over there, if you're an import player, they expect everything of you. So if, if you lost the game six, five and you scored five goals, they were wondering why you didn't score the sixth one. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they 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 expect a lot. Uh, so I think the fact that I got hurt probably didn't help things uh, very much. And so, you know, uh, I kind of put in the the remainder of the year on the sidelines and uh, uh, was able to go get back for some playoff uh, action that we had. But ultimately, in the end, uh, it, it was an experience that I would never uh, trade trade. Uh, you know, for a number of reasons, as I've mentioned. Yeah. Um, but a great experience nonetheless. I mean, I
1: it was it was fantastic i've heard that from so many guys and like i went over to europe and played for a short period of time but i was just in such a bad way um going through withdrawal and stuff that i never got to enjoy it but a huge uh a huge part of me always wonders, like you know, what what other opportunities that would have opened up for me. But there's no point looking, uh, you know, what it would have could have should have. But um, definitely, some amazing opportunities come outside of hockey um, over in Europe. I Have a lot of friends that have continued their careers over there and are still playing over there well into their 30s, making a decent living at it. So, um, you know, it's it, and you can't really you you can't. Uh, you can't get those same life experiences from your, your time in Swiss as you're going to get anywhere in North America. Let's be honest. So it, and you got a daughter out of it too. One of,
2: one of your daughters there you go.
1: over there, um, <laughs> you know, getting into coaching though, like, you know, you, you, you were an active coach. I mean, up until, you know, in junior hockey for, for several years. Um, is that something that you always knew you wanted to get into when your time was done or how did that come about? And uh, you know, kind of we'll get fast forward a little bit into, you know, the express days, but what was that, that transition? Like, did you, did you love coaching right away? Was there, were, were you doing it because you just, it was hockey and you didn't know what else to do? Like how, how did that all come about? And what was, what was it really like for you in the beginning?
2: Well, uh- you know, I, I after that year in Switzerland, I, I tried to ke- uh, come back and play some more hockey, but it was mostly at, at the, the minor league level, as, as you were talking about, mm-hmm. and I ended up, uh, uh, I think, finishing up with the, um, uh, the Tampa organization. Uh, I know John Chapman, uh, you know, who's a f- fairly uh, notable name, you know, in the hockey circles is – you know, he's been, he's been, uh, with, uh, the Flyers organization for a long time as a, as a scout and what have you. And, and he was in that capacity with, with, uh, the lightning. And he gave me an opportunity after, you know, I wasn't able to play anymore because of my neck, uh, to get uh, a chance to do some pro scouting, uh, for the remainder of the time that I was, you know, to be with the team. So I got back to Vancouver at that point and, and did some of that, um, know, it was was, uh, another way to, you know, to to express myself, um, you know, uh, in in the game of hockey. Um, So I knew, you know, it wasn't anything outside of the game. So I knew, you know, kind of how to get going and and how to kind of uh, uh, perform those duties. Uh, But after that, uh, you know, as, as the contract again ran out, it was time to kind of make decisions as to, you know, what you know, what I should do. And maybe some of that scouting had some influence on, you know, staying around the game and, 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 you know, watching kids uh, or kids, players play at that level, Um, you know. So the next logical step for me, I guess, was just to kind of perhaps get into scouting where, you know, giving some of these kids some guidance into how to to play. And, um, you know, and maybe having a little bit of insight you know, into, into them, uh, their, uh, experience as young individuals, um, you know, because I know what it was like for me, uh, you know, as a young guy, try to, trying to get through the, you know, my portion of, of junior hockey. So perhaps something that I could share with them at that time.
1: Well, and I think, well, you've definitely done that. I know the short time that I was able to play for you did that for me, but you were a staple in junior hockey, uh, you know, certainly in BC. I know you spent some time with Tri-City Americans as well, but uh, I mean, it seemed like you were you were going to coach forever um, and you ended up, you know, spending a number of years. And, in, in, you know, I met you when you were coaching with The Express. Um Tell me just, you know, just to I just curious as to what you remember when you met me and and what that was like when, you know, you're coaching the Express because that was a powerhouse team that that you guys really built there and uh, you know, I just kind of fell in your lap after quitting the Swift Current Broncos, but you know, just I think, you know, I think there's people maybe that have been listening to me for a while that, you know, maybe want to know what it was like for for you to meet me back then and what your first impression was. And so I'm curious too, to be honest. <laughs>
0: Well,
2: and Brady, be listen, No, I, I, I will be completely honest. I, I, it was it was uh, <laughs> it was exciting and frustrating at the same time. <laughs> and when I say exciting, it was I mean watching you play, um, you know, with us, it, it was just like um, it, it couldn't have been any better. I mean, I, I thought you provided the team with you know with with so much. Um, the way you played, I mean, you were, you know, you were, um, you know, very energetic. Uh, you, you had very, very high end skill um, and your compete was just off the charts and, and uh, you would do anything for the team. It seemed like to me, you know, to, to, to help us win. Um, you know, I think a guy like tourists, uh, you know, you playing with him, I, I thought that was, that was something that uh, <laughs> that uh, could have went a you know a real long way um, you know in, in terms of you helping him and, and and him helping you perhaps you know kind of uh, continue your your, your career, um, but you know in the end uh, what, what was frust- the frustrating part uh, Brady I, and and to me you were you were a. a you know, a, a decent guy, you came, you know, you came from a situation where, you know, you're, you're in a, a league that was considered, you know, obviously, um, uh, you know, a little higher than, than what we were. And it was the BC hockey league. Um, but at the same time, it, you know, you didn't come across as someone that was, you know, that was uh, uh, for me anyway, that was, in any way belligerent to, for, uh, towards the game or, or towards the people that you were, you were with. I, I thought you were a very committed, uh, hardworking guy. Um, so when, when all of a sudden, you know, there, there was these, uh, as you spoke of before, these missed practices and, and uh, then ultimately missed games. Um, it, it was, it just seemed, you know, really strange. And, and uh, I, I knew that there was and, and, and you know, uh, there were some players that had mentioned, you know, certain situations that that you could possibly be involved with at the time, and it was it was hard to kind of hear that. You know, I, I thought, wow, I mean, this guy has so much to offer. Um, you know, we gotta we gotta get this guy straightened out here. We get we gotta you know we gotta get to get him going, and um, uh, it, it it really hit. You know, hit with me that that I we needed to kind of you know get to you and and, and try and and try and uh, get you um, you know thinking uh, in in a way where, which is a little bit more productive, obviously. Um, so when it came to that time, I, I, this was after a, several situations or instances where you know where you had failed to show up and and and, and you know. I got to the point where okay, we, we have to address this. We have to, you know, kind of try and, and, and figure this out. So you know, we, as you said, we got our team captains uh, together, and uh, one of them, you know, was Jeff,
0: yeah,
2: uh, Irwin. Um, you know, we and we just said okay, let let's try and find out what the what the situation is, and and uh, you know, we obviously found you know, where you were staying, but that necessarily didn't mean that you were there. And I know a lot of times we try to get a a hold of you on the phone and, and and so on and so forth. And it's just, it was just a, a really difficult scenario. We couldn't, we couldn't reach out through those channels. So finally we just said, okay, physically, we're going down there and we're going to, we're going to see what's happening. And I remember pulling up to your house and, uh you know the the front door wasn't open but you know I think that the garage was slightly slightly ajar or open or whatever so we just pulled up the garage door and and there you were um you know you were in you, you were in your 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 uh, man cave so to speak um you know buried uh, under you know some some blankets and some clothes and and, and I remember we, we surprised you. Uh, obviously the the sunlight came in, it was like looking into a, 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 you know, a vampire crypt or something. Right.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and, uh, so, you know, it was like, Hey Brady, like what, what's going on? What's up? And, and, and I know that in your surprise, like you, you were really trying to kind of,
1: I was mortified. uh, to be honest, I was like, yeah. what the hell is going on right here? Like it was <laughs> so embarrassing, right? Like it was uh I remember it vividly and you know, I was obviously under the influence to say the least at that time um and I think, you know, that was it was a huge eye opener, you know. To say that that was not a successful that was really essentially the first time any uh anybody really intervened with my behavior whether it be mental illness behavior uh drug addiction and you know as i said to you the other day first off i just want to say thank you i mean um i would made a commitment to you guys and you were doing your due ju- due diligence as a coach but i think from my understanding of a lot of other guys that like they would have never had that. They wouldn't have had the coach um, show up with the captains. It would have been like, okay, he's gone type deal. Um, and in some cases, we've seen you know players be kicked off from teams such as Terry Trafford, and um, in tragedies uh, because he had some off ice issues. We uh, did the uh, last episode in his memory. So I just want you to know once again. I said to you the other day, but I just really want you to know how much I appreciate that. Um, and I just want to remind you once again that. You know, you guys did everything that you possibly could above and beyond as far as I'm concerned. And um, there was a short time after that kind of that intervention, I'll call it, that things did turn around. I remember I went and saw Dr. Mirth. I was getting drug tested, Mm -hmm. um, you know, got some counseling, was able to turn it around a little bit, came back and was doing fairly well. Uh, until I got that injury in the dressing room, which was just a completely freak accident. Mark Soares' skate fell on my Achilles tendon, and it was just a, it was just crazy. Like it didn't even happen on the ice, and um, it was just unfortunate. And I think you know one of the biggest regrets that I've had in my hockey career is not um, continuing coming to the rink, being a part of the team, because I would have been able to play playoffs, uh, whether or not there were in a spot, you guys were on a roll, whether or not there would have been a spot or whatever, it would have been my job to earn that back. Um, you know, regardless if I was playing with tourists and that on the first or second line, whatever you want to call it, it still would have been my job to earn it back, but I, I'll never forget it. I, by the time you guys were in the, uh, the finals there, and I was obviously following closely, Um, I was now kicked out of my dad's house, um, at that point living with a friend, um, because my dad had been, you know, this is enough. I can't deal with it either. Um, you know, the, the, the stuff that I was doing and I don't blame him for that either. But watching that, you know, obviously there was a, I was happy for you guys, but I was so mad at myself. Like I wasn't mad at anybody but myself. I was like knowing full well, it's like, man, you, you're healthy enough right now to be playing you should have just kept going but i used that injury as an excuse to just further stay in my self-loathing and be like well i can't play so why even try anymore you know it was poor me type deal um and luckily though in a sense you know i was able to kind of resurrect my career for a short period in the western hockey league thankfully to dean chanel but um long story short is that you know i'm really really appreciative um to the entire express organization especially you and and the guys and i actually uh spoke to Brady cook uh, yesterday through message. I want to give him a shout out. Yeah. I want to give cookie a shout out because uh, I know he's been having a a tough time with his son uh, going back and forth to Ontario uh, from Alberta um I don't have all the details but I just said to him like hey I'm in Ontario if you if there's any time that you need a ride or whatever cuz I know you're coming here a lot we could certainly make that happen for you. He was the captain of the Express at the time one of the ones that came for that intervention so I want right. to say hello to Brady Cook. It was actually the first time I ever played with another Brady so um you know I will never forget it but um you know there's and and you mentioned Jeff Irwin who I've I highlighted on the episode with Darcy Rhoda, um, currently a missing persons, um, since September and just a very, uh, tough situation. My, you know, thinking of the Irwin family and, you know, hoping for the best always, um, you know, I just encourage anybody if, if, and at any time, anybody has any information and they hear this just to come forward. Cause there's, uh a family that's really missing their son and uh, just what an incredible hockey player Ernie was one of the fastest players I ever played with for sure. So um, it, was, about that. it was, it was awesome. Uh,
2: you know, you know, Brady, it's funny. I wish it was something like in my coaching career, at least at that point, you know, what you were going through, that, that, that was the first time I, I ever kind of encountered that, um, you know, having to deal with somebody that was, you know, Uh, suffering you know the way you were um, and uh, you know surrounded by this this uh, kind of cloud Um, I I wish I had some experience uh, you know how to deal with it better and I've always said that you know uh, to Hannah and my wife at the time I I was saying I I don't know like the only thing I know to to do is just kind of you know, be there in person and just, just try and talk and, and, and see if we can kind of do something. And, and you know, so a lot of us were were uh, somewhat inexperienced in, in that um, dealing with those kinds of things, although I think things have kind of over time, you know, because of shows like yours and, and everybody just talking about these types of things that, that uh, you know, people go through, um, you know, it's giving us some... Uh, level of uh, ability to, to 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 help people better, you know, and and I, I guess I wish I was a little bit more evolved in terms of how to to help you, but uh, I can tell you it was a it was a huge surprise for me, um, you know, to find that out because when you first came to us, uh, I I just thought you know you were to me you were a good uh, respectful kid that that had some serious talent that just needed to get back on the right track. For whatever reason, you know, you ended up with us, um, and you know, uh, out of the blue, this thing came along, and and uh, you know, I guess un- unfortunately, that was the best way we could have, you know, try to help you. But uh, ultimately, you know, everything has a silver lining, and 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 look at you now. I mean, I I just, I, you know, I know my wife and her sister Janet. Uh, hollick uh they they've they've been following you you know quite closely and and, and they' it's all thumbs up and cheering for you because they you know they have this kind of a real um heartfelt kind of uh situation you know for you because you know they, they see the, the the stuff that you've been through and um to be honest with you you know to to see you at this point and how far you've come um you know that's that's all on you I mean, you're, you know, that quality and that, that, uh, you, you know, that, uh, ability that brought you to your peak performance as a hockey player, that's what's, that you're using those skills right now, you know, to, to, to help yourself do this and trying to help others. And it says a lot about your character. And I, I, you know, I, like I said, I, uh, there's all there's good in, in, in most of us and uh, and certainly uh, there is in you and you know we're all we're all very proud of this for you well,
1: thanks Rick and uh, I I really appreciate that thank you and and yes shout out to always to Janet Hollick I spent spent hours and hours talking to Janet on the phone over the last year she's become a close confidant and somebody that I um, really respect and trust and, and just love. Um, she's an incredible uh, lady and um, just grateful for her friendship. And uh, she's always uh, talking about her beloved sister <laughs> all the time, and that fails to come up in a conversation. I know they're quite close, so um, that really means a lot to me. And I just I just want to circle back for a second, just for, you know. I just really have thought about sitting here. You know what you guys did. Um, it you guys did it and it worked Uh, and unfortunately i got hurt and then you know i kind of just made the decision not to show and that was on me but initially there was a good i would say you know three or four weeks where i was back and doing better and if it wasn't for the injuries so i think you guys did an absolutely phenomenal job with it especially back then because there was nothing about that um you mentioned i was the first one i'm curious without naming names have you um dealt with anybody or any similar situations without naming names or am I still a one and one and only?
2: Well, you, you know, <laughs> I, it's funny that you asked that. I, I, I can tell you, you know, just even trying to deal with the stuff that, that I had for my, my own, I kind of started looking at myself and some of the stuff that, you know, that I was, uh, had, I had to deal with, um, you know, uh, perhaps I, I, you know, I, I didn't take it, you know, to a level where, um, you know, I, it, it overcame me as as much maybe. Uh, but I can tell you, it, it a lot of that, a lot of that stuff that that was going on, it made a, uh, me reflect on myself. Um, you know, as as to, um, you know, how to deal with with players going forward, and and I know it's helped me as a coach for sure, um, you know, just because it gives you a broader view of what's out there or, or what potentially could be happening. Right. And throughout my own experience and yours uh, you know, I just think it, it, it just broadens our horizons as coaches, you know, to, to apply some of this stuff, not just the X's and O's and, and, you know, trying to keep, you know, uh, uh, wins and losses, but, but just dealing with everybody on, a, on, a, on an individual level um, and looking for, you know, kind of symptoms, as you, as you, as you might uh, say, uh, you know, of people that, that are going through a, something um, and, and you want to be there for, as, a, as a sounding board that they have someone, to, you know, that, that they can communicate with. Um, because I think that's really important, you know, because sometimes you just feel like you're completely on your own you know, you're enveloped by this and you don't know, you know, how to reach out or, or whatever, because you don't think people can help or, or you're beyond help or something like that. Uh, You know, I, I just want to, over the years, I, I know that I I've always been a little bit more vigilant about individual, you know, um, uh, players and potentially some of the things that, that, perhaps could be uh, bothering them at at different times of the, during the season or, or, you know, just the way they kind of come across. So if nothing else, all of that experiences has kind of brought me to that point where, where, you know, you, you want to be able to help.
1: Well, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that it's, you know, and honestly, and I mean that wholeheartedly um, the fact that, You know, my story has been able to even just help in some small way. And, uh, Mm. you know, and I honestly believe that like everything, even looking back to, you know, me almost making it back, but getting injured. So then it pushes me in a different direction. Um, You know, people could say what they want, but I believe, you know, certainly at least in my life, I believe it, that everything has happened uh, exactly the way that it's supposed to happen. Um, It could have went a totally other way, but for whatever reason, I was spared numerous times um, and given opportunity after opportunity where it just you know and i'd learned just sometimes people i think people are always like man just get it just learn but i was kind of just learning little bits along the way instead of learning it the first time until finally, i can sit here um and be in that where i am now and i mean the struggle is still very real with my own mental health every single maybe not every single day but there's days where you know i don't ever think about using drugs anymore to self-medicate to make myself feel better but i still have a lot of hard days and i think you know opening up that conversation whether it be on this podcast or if it's even just a one-on-one conversation with a friend you know i think you made a really good point earlier you said like you know you didn't really know what to do back then with me other than getting in person and talking about it and, and bringing it to the forefront. And I think you nailed it right on the head with that. I think that is um, in so many cases, maybe not every 100% of the time it's going to work, but I really think that having a conversation with somebody um, and, and, And showing them that you care and being there in person and you know making them make eye contact with you whether they want to or not they can look down but they can feel you looking at them and they can Mm -hmm. feel your presence i think that that can go a long way and um, i want to get to a couple comments um there's been a few that have come in but uh, a couple that i want to highlight right now from stan smiel's brother dean actually um he says uh rick Right there, you are truly a pro. You truly are a pro. There would be so many junior coaches out there that wouldn't even care. Thank you for trying to help. And in some way, it helped our friend. I will second that um sandra murray who's uh, executive director of mental health here and addiction or mental health and addiction at puck says thank you for your bravery and willingness to want to deal with issues like these even when you were feeling ill-equipped to do so it speaks highly of your character character and excellency as a coach very well said sandra i love that um and also the last one i'll get to is from michelle minor um who recently rick um You know, she lost her son, Daniel, former Barry Colt, um, tragically a couple months back to an overdose. And she's become a a friend of mine and friend of Puck Support. She says, very well said, Rick. Kudos to Brady for keeping on track with his recovery. And to Michelle and the entire Miner family, your support means so much to me. I think of you guys all the time. And, uh, you know, just want to remind you that Daniel will never be forgotten here at Puck Support. And while I'm on the topic of your family, I really want to give a special shout out to your grandson harper um lindsey uh has sent me a message and apparently little harper uh her son seven years old has become a little bit of a fan of me um, for whatever reason so hello to harper i sent him a video message just before the podcast uh, just an awesome uh awesome little guy he, he actually ricky said uh, uh let me read the message quickly for the listeners this is what it says good evening brady I am being asked by my almost seven-year-old to send you a message. If only you could have heard our conversation today. He thinks you're pretty cool. He wants me to tell you that he wants to go rollerblading with you. He said that you just need to come by our house, and then he will go with you. And I will follow the both of you in my car. He's got some big (laughs) dreams. (laughs) So um, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Very, very cool. Um, You know, shout-outs always to Harper, Harper down there in Dunville and surrounding areas. Everybody in Dunville has been super supportive uh, of us at puck support through Daniel's story. And uh, Michelle, always thinking of you. My dad is uh, watching as well, Rick. He says, uh, thank, thanks, Rick. Looking forward to seeing you at the rinks again soon. <laughs>
2: yeah. I've, I've seen your dad off and on at the, at the rink there in Delta. I've talked to him many times, you know, he was always uh, speaking about, you know, you and, and uh, how you were doing and, So you've, uh, you know, you, you've been a topic over the last few years, definitely.
1: Well, hopefully better these. Well, obviously better these days. It was pretty uh, grim there for a while. But before I let you go, and Rick, I hope I can bring you on again um, sometime because I'm sure you're filled with tons of stories and uh, you know. If, but if there's anything that you want to bring up before we go, and you know, we kind of talked a little bit um, about you know how you're doing now at this stage of your life and everything. And I think it's a, and, and you can touch on it or not if you want. And I just think it's important to know for people to know that really they're not alone. I think everybody, especially in these crazy times are, are having a very, very difficult time. Um, you know, David Carlson says, thank you, Rick and Brady. He's uh, become a friend. One of my earliest supporters Having, you know, he's out there in Alberta and his uh, skate sharpening shop is shut down and, and having a hard mm-hmm. time trying to, you know, just, just maneuver through this chaotic time. And so I just, you know, I, me and you talked a little bit about that if you want to share on that, but um, you know, cool. too, I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead no well brady
2: when you think about it like when we're when when you and i are and and, and anyone else that's you know playing junior hockey or, or or hockey in general as as young individuals you know there's, there's a lot of stuff going on and, and especially the higher you know levels that you get to you know the, the pressure the, the the uh you know the, the 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 stresses that are put on you at a young age i mean we're we're not wired uh well enough i think at that age to be able to to completely deal with those on, on a on a level where you know where, where we come out of it on the other side uh you, you know um the way we want uh, so i think that there needs to really be um you know a, a focus um you know especially you know in this sport junior hockey um you know where where we something like what what you've kind of put out, out there or putting out there or, or some of us who, who you know who have, have had some experiences to just to share with people that, you know, there's there's stuff, there's more to a person at that point in time in his life than you know, than uh, you know, how good a how good a player are you? You know, because it, it, it goes way beyond that. And, and and as far as coaches are concerned, I mean, you know, we have to be in a position where where if if a player you know at any time you know needs uh, some some somebody to talk to or you you have to really try and be there and and, and try and try and uh, spot these things that potentially that are happening because you don't know what what each every each and every player has gone through or what their background is or what have you all you see is the you know the sweater on the you know with the name on the back and 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 you know you're you're trying to uh, move them along in their career from a hockey standpoint, but I think it's just as important, if not more, you know, to really take a, a genuine interest, uh, you know, in them as as people, and 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 uh, really kind of have a, a an open uh, corridor for them to you know to 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 speak to, to you know to to us, um, you know, at, at any point in time, and not feel like they can't, you know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, very, very, very well said. And, uh, you know, I know that, you know, we didn't touch on it, but I'd, I'd love to have you on again. I, I know you're working out there at the Prep Academy, and I'm very unfamiliar with this because they're relatively new. I've been away from hockey for so many years. They weren't in existence when I was growing up in the lower mainland and everything else. And um, obviously, you get just some of the most elite players going to these hockey academies. It's sort of your, your ticket now to, to try to advance to the next level. And, um, you know, I know that there's a lot of kids um, probably feeling a lot of those pressures, whether it be from their parents or um, their, their peers, that competitiveness. Um, but I, I, really think that, you know, the team of, you know, Mark and yourself with your, your own experiences, with experiences from, past players and everything i think that you know you guys are uh, probably doing just an absolutely wonderful job and i would just you know just let you guys know that if there's anything i can do ever for the yale prep academy if there's ever a time where you know you guys want me to come talk or i don't know what i can offer for that but i'd be more than willing to to help in any sort of way or even if it's just to you if you have a question uh, if you think you know something that maybe i can help with or whatever maybe somebody i I'm involved with. I'm all for it. And I think, you know, we talked about that a little bit is just making that a normal conversation um, and about the person, not the hockey player. And it's sometimes mm-hmm. often overlooked so much. And so I just wanted to to let you know that, you know, I, first off, I appreciate everything you did for me um, back then. It, it was a success. It, it really was. And it, again, um, it was the first time that you ever had to go through anything like that. I hope that it doesn't happen again. Um, but you know, I made it through the other side, and you know, I'll never ever forget that moment when you got into the garage. And holy man, it was like, what is going on? Like, I, I just wanted to like shut my eyes and go back to sleep. And be like, this is a dream. This is a dream. This is, a dream. This is, a dream. This is not happening. But you know, the fact that you showed up there. Um, and, and with them, you know, it didn't give me much of an opportunity, but to realize that, okay, you know what, I'm not, not really alone here. Here's some people that care and, and maybe I have an opportunity to get better. And, you know, unfortunately I got hurt and it, it, went another way, but there was a time there that it did work and just know Rick that, you know, I'll never forget that entrance into the garage, but I do seriously, seriously appreciate um your help and before i let you go i want to give a shout out to our man dave mcclellan there too as well oh so, yeah davey there he is yep yeah, yeah. so okay. there you guys are there you guys are so i know that, uh, yeah. Brady, before
2: i go again we're extremely proud of what you're what you're doing i mean it takes that takes a huge amount of character to be able to lift yourself off the mat like you and do, do something that 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 uh, is. is Provides hope for for people uh, everywhere that you know that that uh, you reach. So very proud of you for that, and the Lands family stands behind it. and And you're you're welcome. You know to to uh, join us anytime you're out here and, and anything that we can help
1: with. All right. Thank you so much, and once again, thank you to your beautiful wife, lovely wife Hannah, for uh, coordinating this, and uh, you know just everything. Your guys' just support it, it means so much to me and. Um, I know my dad probably thinks it's cool because I know he watched you a lot when you played for the Canucks, and um, and being able to see this now, I'm sure it's uh, it's pretty cool. Even though you guys have developed a friendship, I bet you this is still pretty cool for my dad. So, Rick, thank you. Thank you so much, and I look forward to having you on again, and I better see you when I'm out there for my rollerblade. You bet. I'm all over. No problem. Thanks, Rick. We'll talk soon.
2: All right. Take
1: care. Bye. Awesome. That's amazing. I'm going to get to one sponsor. I got a really cool comment that just came in. I want to share it, but we are uh do one sponsor. I'll be right back with some closing thoughts.
0: Hockey to Hell and Back is brought to you by Pride Tape. Pride Tape is a badge of support from teammates, coaches, parents, and pros to young LGBTQ players. It shows every player that they belong playing the sport they love and that we're all on the same team. Show your support for teammates, coaches, and fans in the LGBTQ community by wrapping your stick with Pride tape. Every roll of tape will make an impact in sports and beyond. Inclusion starts with leadership. Check out some of the ideas of how you can get involved at youcanplayproject.org. Check out Pride tape at pridetape.com. For more information, you can send an email to aubrey at pridetape.com. That's A-U-B-R-E-E, Aubrey, at PrideTape.com. You can find Pride Tape on Facebook.com slash Pride Tape, on Twitter at Pride Tape, and at Pride Tape on Instagram. Pride Tape thanks all of you for being champions for change.
1: Thank you to Jeff and Aubrey, everybody at Pride Tape. Check it out. Make sure you follow them on Instagram. Uh, Check out their website. They did They've done and continue to do some amazing work in the hockey community and beyond. It's really about all sports. So uh, just so you guys know, if you've seen some of my videos, this will be on my tape every stride of the way uh, across Canada, throughout my training, Um, anytime I'm playing hockey, really for the rest of my life, this will be on my stick um, somewhere. Right now it's on the knob. Uh, but this will always, always, always be on my stick. Uh, before I move on to this comment, next time you guys watch that video, do me a favor and check out Brian Burke's tape job. That guy never taped a stick a day in his life. Seriously, it's hilarious. Check it out. Um, but obviously he's a huge advocate for, for pride tape and uh, a great hockey mind out there in Pittsburgh. Um, he prob- Let's be honest, he probably didn't even tape the stick himself. Okay, here we go. I got this really cool comment coming in from Lindsey Schmidt. Love it. Wait, let me take it down for a sec. So, before I played this video, I, uh, or when I played this video, like, honestly, or when I recorded it, I legit almost cried my eyes out. Like, I don't know why. Um, maybe there's a number of reasons for that, because here's a, here's, you know, here's a kid that said some kind things to me and wants to rollerblade with me it's daniel miner's nephew but i'll tell you like whatever it was 15 just over 15 months ago none of that was possible none of that was at all possible not even close so actually you know what i'll do is i'll uh i'll see if i can load the video because there oh yeah Sorry, my dad's saying he's at Delta. For some reason, I was saying the wrong word. It's Delta Prep Academy. Thanks, Dad, for always correcting me. Some things never change. Well, I try to listen to him more now too, but... um, Yeah, I legit had to fight back tears just recording this video. Um, I can't get it to play right now, but maybe I'll share it next episode just so you guys know, but... uh, this is the comment from Lindsay. Thank you, Brady, or thanks, Brady, for being you. Harper went to bed tonight with a smile on his face, all because of you sharing your story and bringing awareness to mental health and addiction is amazing. You are doing wonderful things. Keep being you. Keep up the fight, Lindsay. Thank you, um, and thank you for sharing that with me the other day uh, regarding Harper because it honestly it made my day. It just more reason for me to c- keep going. Uh, and I look forward to one day coming down to Dunville. As soon as as soon as soon I can make that happen, I'm coming down uh, on the journey or not. Like, I will come down there, and Harper and I will make it happen. And you better have gas in your car because you're going to be following behind this. Uh, I'm really looking forward to meeting you guys. And once again, always thinking of you guys. And, uh, yeah, your support just means so much to me and and everybody that's involved with puck support. I think whether it's directly or indirectly – that post on mother's day was uh it's made me cry more than once and i i'm dead serious a lot of people know i'm a bit of a crier uh, tough as nails i fought anybody but you put me in a like a an emotional movie or tv show even a commercial or anything it's like america's got talent i'm like tearing i'm like i'm not crying like leave me you know wiping away tears so um yes, just thank you. And once again, thank you to Rick lands, uh, just an amazing <laughs> bunch of stories, an amazing guy, great coach. And, um, just Rick, once again, thank you, um, so much for, for what you did back then. It, it helped, it's helped more than, more than, you know, and it's funny that we can laugh about it now. Um, I feel very lucky to, uh, have your support and yeah, it's, uh, just a crazy story that is. And I hope there's no, I hope that, you know, maybe somebody can hear that story and, you know, either help, you know, help not have to ever have that happen. Or if in the worst case that does happen, you know, maybe the coach or team can learn something and kind of just do what Rick and them did, because it, it really is the best is in my opinion, in that situation, when someone's struggling, being there, kind of like getting in their face and like not in a mean way, um, not in like a mean way or a threatening way or whatever, but like a, I love you, I care, what can we do together to figure this out way? To me, I mean, it's really just incredible. Just got a comment coming in from my good friend, Dean Smeal. And I'm so thankful that he just shared this with uh, with us here in the comments. Today is a, a special day. Today uh, would have been Rick Rippon's birthday. And somebody that I think of often, I played against this guy in the Western Hockey League. Um, up there above, happy birthday to Rick Rippon, one of hockey's angels and one of the toughest pound-for-pound fighters that I think the NHL ever saw. And uh, think about him all the time. He's actually right here. So Dean, thank you for sharing that uh, with us. It's uh, yeah, just it's why I get out of bed every single morning is to try to make a difference to stop these tragedies from happening. and yeah, it just seems like they never end. Anyways, guys, uh, I'm going to wrap it up and uh, just thank you again for watching. If you want to follow uh, me on social media, you can do so at Mental Health Hockey. It's my personal page. If you can do one thing for us, if you're on Instagram, follow at Puck Support. That, to me, is the most important thing. Check out PuckSupport.com. If you want to support me directly, and I just, this is like me. this is You, know, you really want to support my podcast because I don't take anything from Puck Support. And I, I, I honestly, I feel like tacky doing this, but a lot of people do it. There's expenses for the podcast. And it's like, you know, things start to add up at, over time. And I don't care. My dad, thank you, has helped me out a lot. But if you want to support me directly, you know, and you can do so patreon.com slash Brady Leibold. Um, try to continue to make it better. It looks like we're going to get a little bit more help here. Uh, doing things like social media and growing puck support, which will allow me to focus first off more on my family uh but you know on my kind of endeavors to sort of build my life because puck support and this podcast have taken so much of my time i'm so grateful for it but i've kind of hit that peak where now i need help i need like the real professionals in marketing the real professionals in this like to come together to really grow this now that you know i put in this work I've tried my best. I will always continue to try my best, but at the end of the day, I need help. I need help growing this. Thank you to everyone who supports me on Patreon. There are a few of you. Um, Dean, what's going on? Say hi to uh, to your beautiful daughters for me as well. And uh, I think Kaya is gonna help out with the show, which is very cool. Hello, Kaya. try to david try to try to have a big heart and i encourage all of you guys to have a big heart um just be kind to one another at the end of the day please be kind to one another especially in these hard times take more time to check in with those around you if, so, if you say hey how are you doing and someone says good don't just assume that they're good you know how many times i've just told people i'm good when i'm not it's like, yeah, I'm good. Just leave me alone. But if you're noticing something's off with somebody, take that little bit of extra time. You know, check in with them. Check in with yourselves to see how you're doing. You know, really take a second, take a step back and say, how am I doing? Like, what am I doing for my mental health? What am I doing for my physical health? You know, how am I how am I being? How am I acting? How am I treating those people around me? You know, like, I know I go like this constantly, you know, Good days, bad days. And I think, you know, we're all still learning. So just check in with people, see how they're doing. Thank you all for watching. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, please rate and review. One star? Give me one star. You want to give me five? Give me five. I'm not trying to ask you to be honest or biased. Honest. <laughs> that was biased and honest combined. Uh, just be honest uh, and give me some constructive criticism or some hard criticism, whatever it is, but thank you for watching. We'll be back Wednesday night, 8 PM Eastern with, I believe former NHL goalie, Mike Broder, not Martin Broder, Mike Broder, a new friend of mine, hoping we can make that happen. I was really hoping. um, I'm glad that he's going to fill in because I was really hoping to have uh, three of my old friends on, Ned Lacasvic, Kevin Peterson, and Jake Ebner on the podcast to do a little reminisce about our childhood. But looks like we can't make that happen. So we scratch that for another day. We bring on Mike Roder, who was supposed to be on a couple weeks ago. We, he had to cancel, so we make that happen. Steve seftel has been put on hold. I hope that he can come on the show soon as well. Wasey Rabbit gonna join the show. Former Boston Bruins draft pick a guy I used to battle in the WHL went on to play in the American League. He's still playing in the East Coast League. Wace just celebrated one year sober. That's right. Coming on to tell his journey through pro hockey and recovery. So proud of you, Wasey. Uh, puck support warrior he is. And just uh, he was so good in the WHL. Great hockey player. So proud of you, Wasey. Got Wacey Rabbit coming on. Who else have we got? Down the pipe. Tara Sloan from SportsNet uh is coming on May 26th. And I'm drawing a blank here, guys. Totally drawing a blank. That's it. That means I gotta wrap it up. Have a great week, guys. I hope to see you all on Wednesday night. Same bat time, same bat channel. That was my favorite Batman, the 1960s Batman. Boom! Pow. Be kind, stay grateful. And remember, have a great day, if you so choose.
0: Hockey to Hell and Back is brought to you by Performance Wellness. The collaboration between First Star Therapy and Mindframe brings a flexible, holistic program to athletes. The goal is to empower and enhance every athlete's well-being on and off the field of play through focus on intentful movement and mindful practices. You can contact them at consult at firststartherapy.com and team at mindframe.info. Plus, you can check them out on the web at firststartherapy.com and follow First Star on Instagram at firststar.therapy and at mindframe on Twitter plus mindframefit on Instagram.